Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, we're game previewing the Habs and Devils, and we're taking a look at some hypothetical trades in the NHL trade market. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 994 of Locked On Canadians, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day of the week, wherever you get your daily podcast, whether that be Google, Apple, Spotify, or if you are watching on YouTube.com. We are there for the visually inclined folks. And today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app, use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL to get $100 match on your first deposit. Some terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. I am your host. I am Scott Matla. If I said that already, I'm saying it again because it's important because I am uh, flying solo again this week here for Lockdown Canadians. My co-host is just out of town for work-related things, so it is up to me. And I was kind of sitting myself today, you know, what should I talk about? I, you know, Habs don't play tonight. The Rocket don't play tonight. PWHL Montreal is playing right now. I have that game on. Uh, in the background on the television here. So if you see me reacting, it is because I am watching uh, that team play right now. Uh, and then I was thinking, I'm like, oh, there's trade rumors. You know, we'll get into those later on because the Trevor Zegers one keeps popping up despite the fact that I think I I don't buy a ton into it, but we're going to get into that, the NHL trademark. And then I remembered the Habs play on Wednesday and they play on Thursday. So you know what? I probably should preview the game that they're going to be playing on Wednesday. And they are going to be going up against the Winnipeg, not the Winnipeg Jets, the New Jersey Devils. They are traveling to New Jersey. And then the next day they are traveling to face the Ottawa Senators in Ottawa. And then they play the Boston Bruins. A pretty rough stretch of things for my mentions and potentially for uh, the Montreal Canadiens hockey team here. But let's get the nitty-gritty out of the way here. Let's take a look at the standings here. The Canadians, sixth in the Atlantic Division, 43 games played, 18, 18, and 7, 43 points, uh, minus 28 goal differential. Habs were not expected to be a good team this year. So them being where they're at is actually kind of a pleasant surprise to be at 500. The New Jersey Devils expected to be Stanley Cup contenders after their year last year. 41 games played, 22, 16, and 3, 47 points, 6th in the Metro Division. One, one point behind the Islanders and the Penguins, which deeply unsurprising there. Uh, but in arguably the most competitive division in, uh, at least in the Eastern Conference. The Western Conference, I guess you could say the Pacific, maybe, but the Sharks and Ducks kind of drag that down. But that's besides the point here is that Ottawa this year is kind of vastly underperforming what they were expected to do uh, on the season here is that many people kind of anointed them as the next big thing out of the Metro Pittsburgh's trending down. Carolina can't seemingly get over the hump. The Islanders are the Islanders. The Rangers are frauds. The Flyers are rebuilding. What are we doing here? And they haven't been able to kind of seize that, that moment. 
or sees that kind of spot in the lineup there. They're still a dangerous team. And the key to this game, the thing is, is that they need to stay out of the penalty box against this team. Uh, the Devils are third in the NHL in the power play, 27.6% behind the Rangers and the Lightning. Uh, and if we're going to look at the penalty killing percentages here, uh, towards the bottom are the Montreal Canadiens at 73%. Ironically, the Devils not that far behind uh, at 77%, eighth worst in the NHL. If I'm sorting by power plays here, somehow the Canadiens is middle of the pack at 19%. Some recent games have brought that up, but... The, the biggest thing I want to emphasize with this game is if you stay out of the box, you will likely find some more success. The Devils here are a team that has two very good players on it right now. Jesper Bratt and Jack Hughes. Last I checked, Jack Hughes was day-to-day. Andre Palat is day-to-day. Uh, Dougie Hamilton is out long-term. Uh, Jonas Siegenthaler is on LTIR, I believe, as well. This is a game that is available for the Canadians to take advantage of because I'm looking at their scoring beyond Hughes and Brad. And it is old friend Tyler Toffoli, uh, third on the team in scoring, 16 goals, 13 assists in 41 games. Still pretty good production for a guy who's, you know, hitting that backside of his career there. And then you have Luke Hughes, 23 points in 41 games as a defenseman. Nico Heischer, 22 points in 30 games. Eric Halla, 22 points in 36 games. Dawson Mercer, 21 and 41. They've got some balanced scoring in the lineup here, but it is very clear that they are missing both Hughes and Bratt in this, or all of them healthy at the same time. Clearly, injuries have had an impact here when guys like Nico Heischer have missed uh, time. Eric Halla has missed time. Jack Hughes has obviously missed time and is going to miss time again. Dougie Hamilton not being in the lineup. He was just below a point per game there. There's an opportunity for the Canadians, I think, to do kind of what they did to the uh, to the Colorado Avalanche here is that if you can not give their much more skilled power play the opportunity to shred you, you're going to be able to create opportunities out of that. Their starting goaltender, uh, Vitek Vanacek, has not been very good this season. And I don't mean that in like an offensive way, like the Canadians have all-world goaltending but Vitek Vanacek in 23 starts is 14, 7, and 2, 331 save percentage, 882, or 331 goals against, 882 save percentage. Uh, he would be far and away the worst goalie on the Canadians this year. They've called up Nico Dawes, who's played five games. He's 3 and 2, 263 goals against, 922 save percentage. Sample size looks like this. The Canadians, I think, have the. Uh, have the edge in that, if I'm being very, very honest with you. It's already been announced that Samuel Montembeau will get the start in this in this game. I'll be very interested to see who they go to for the game against the Senators. Uh, but obviously Montembeau in the season, 19 games started, 19-6-4, 2.89 goals against, 909 save percentage. Uh, Jake Allen, 349-901. Caden Primo, 3.13-905. 3, All three goaltenders over 900, which is... Uh, saying a lot for a team that is struggling a lot in some of these games that they've been that good. I know the Habs are not a high scoring team. And I was just talking about how the devils have a drop off here and they're still probably doing a little bit better than the Habs, but we've seen that top line of Suzuki Caulfield and Slavkovsky start to cook a little bit, especially on the man advantage. Mike Matheson usually shows up in a pretty big way against the devils as well here. 
this is a game that I think the Canadians might be able to, you know, kind of surprise a very good team. And I think that the Devils, for their flaws, are still an inherently dangerous team. If Jack Hughes, uh, he was listed day-to-day as of today when I looked at ESPN's website here, if he's out, it allows you to change your game plan. But when Jack Hughes is playing, the Devils are a different team. They are a dangerous team, a very dangerous team. The biggest thing the Canadians need to do, they have to stay out of the box in this game. If you are not going to stay out of the box, the Devils' power play is going to eat you alive, and it doesn't matter what you do at five-on-five. We've seen the Canadians get themselves into a into a hole, deep into a hole, a lot, and battle back, battle back, but it's never enough because they they got so far down into that rut here. If they can start, get a strong five-on-five push, really start to put the pressure on the defense of the New Jersey Devils there. I, they've got, you know, some decent names, but without Dougie Hamilton, this is a defensive core that doesn't ex- – and without Jonas Siegenthaler – that doesn't really strike fear in a lot of people. Yeah, Luke Hughes is a pretty good offensive defenseman playing in his rookie season here. But beyond that, you're looking at John Marino, who I think Penguins fans miss more than anything. Uh, Simon Nemec, who is a rookie playing here. Uh, Colin Miller, Brendan Smith, Kevin Ball. Like, Are any of those names striking fear in you as a player if you're Cole Caulfield or Uri Slavkovsky? or Nick Suzuki, or even a guy like Sean Monaghan, uh, Joshua Wad. There's an opportunity there for the Canadians to kind of go at a team that's a little off kilter right now. Injuries have impacted things. Goaltending continues to be an issue. The fan base is a little restless because, yeah, they're not losing games, but they're not winning impressively, or they're mixing in losses they shouldn't have with very inherent coaching flaws. Uh, there is a very uneven feeling amongst Devils fans, at least the ones that I follow on Twitter. So I'd be very interested to see uh, if the Canadians can do what they did to the Avalanche there. Even if they lose this game, but they are there toe-for-toe, kind of trading goals and keeping it an even game on the shot counter in the scoring chance department at 5-on-5, I think you're making that next step forward. If you can stay out of the box, even better, because like I said, that is your key to the game. Stay out of the penalty box and you have a much better chance. We got to transition the show here a little bit. There's a lot of rumor and speculation and everything else going on uh, around the NHL. And this goes back even a couple of weeks. We're going to dive into all that more coming up next. But first, we are hitting the halfway point of the NHL season, Habs fans. And we know the Habs are sitting at 500. We're not quite sure where they're at. We're seeing Caulfield and Slefkovsky start to heat up a little bit, though. But we've also seen the downside. We've seen Josh Anderson struggle. But guess what? Regardless of where this team is in the current standings, I want to remind you that you can win big playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy Hockey app of Locked on NHL Network. And it's our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports, especially hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. And if hockey's not your thing, basketball, NFL, MLB, when it comes around, All you got to do is pick whether or not the top players, Sidney Crosby's trending towards 50 goals. Can he do it? Let's see. We'll record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, or more in a given game. And to win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me. That's 100 times your money playing Daily fantasy hockey with sleepers. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Just use promo code locked on NHL. 
and you'll get a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Some terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. We are back here at Locked On Canadians, and now comes the fun part where we get to kind of put on uh, the speculation hat, the, the rumor, the rumor uh, sombrero, if you will. If I had one, I would wear it for this, but I do not because I didn't think this bit far enough ahead, unfortunately. And we're just going to jump right into the big fish. We're going to talk about the goaltending market and the rumors around that coming up later on in the show here. But the big name out there right now, and the one that Habs fans everywhere are kind of going, well, why not? When the Anaheim Ducks traded for Cutter Gauthier, Jamie Drysdale left. Trevor Zegers' best friend was the one traded. He said, you know, they get injured together. They go to the bathroom together, which is weird. They do everything together. And there's just been a very weird speculation since, you know, his uh, uh, contract debate. I, I shouldn't call it a debate, but his uh, contract, I'm not even call it dispute, uh, kerfuffle over the summer with the Ducks new management and Pat Verbeek, the new GM. And it's led to an intense amount of speculation among, around the NHL at this point. Are they going to trade him? Where are they going to trade him? And for whatever reason, everyone is kind of honed in on the Montreal Canadiens as a potential landing spot. And I assume part of that is because of his Trevor Zegers' relationship with Canadian star winger Nick Suzuki. It's a hefty potential price to pay. But I want to take a look at this. And the biggest thing here out of everything else, every Ducks fan I have talked to about this has said one thing in that it seems a lot like posturing to generate you know, interest in the trade deadline. I believe Zegers was number four on Frank Cervalli's board, uh, big board heading into the trade deadline, which is about a month and a half away at this point right now. And I look at it and I, I can't help but think it wouldn't make sense to trade him based on the fact that the Ducks have built this really young core, Mason McTavish, Trevor Zegers, now Cutter Goche. They had Jamie Drysdale there. Troy Terry on the defensive side, Tristan Leno, a lot of these younger guys on that in that defensive group there. And then they just need some goaltending and kind of, you know, filtering in some of the veterans and hoping some of their other prospects graduate a little bit there. And I look at the idea of trading Z Trevor Zegers and I don't exactly, I, it doesn't make sense to me. And I'm going to pull up cap friendly real quick right now because it is a blessing all the time here. Let me take a look at their roster. Troy Terry, Alex Kalorn, Adam Henrique, Jakob Silverberg, Ryan Strom, Frank Vetrano, Brock McGinn, Isaac Lundestrom, Ross Johnston, Leo Carlson, who I forgot who was also out injured, Mason McTavish, Sam Carrick, Brett Leeson, Benoit Olivier Grew, and then down in the minors, uh, Nathan Gauthier, uh, Jacob Perot, Braden Tracy, you know, Judd Caulfield, Cole, I, I don't believe that's any really, uh, Sasha Postajov. Like, there's good players in this organization already, but I don't like the idea of them potentially trading or I shouldn't say I would be thrilled if they did that because currently on IR is Trevor Zegers, Max Jones, and Pavel Minchikov. I love Pavel Minchikov so, so much. If you are trading for Zegers right now, though, $5.75 million cap hit for 2023-24, 24-25, and 25-26. And then he's going to want to get paid. 
let's be very honest here. If he continues this upward trend, he's a 22-year-old. He'll be hitting his prime as his next contract comes due as an RFA with arbitration rights in 26-27. You're going to pay a hefty price for him. I, I can't help but feel a lot of this is just speculation by people who are just trying to make puzzle pieces fit. But with that aside, the cost to potentially need to acquire Trevor Zegras is going to be because you're talking about trading for a forward who can be a center or a winger in their prime with all this incredible skill, talent, scoring touch. And as, you know, Ken Hughes said, it's like, hey, we could use more scoring forwards and stuff in here. You're going to pay for it a lot. And that's thing is you pay for talent. The Canadians paid a pretty decent price to get Kirby Doc. Alexander Romanov was thought of as a top prospect. They traded a top 15 pick. Now, the difference is Trevor Zegers has established himself as a very good NHL player, a very skilled, talented NHL player. Kirby Doc was not quite there, but he was still a top three pick. It's going to cost a lot. And the, I think I had asked some Ducks folks about this. Like, entertain me. Where does a trade start for you? Because based on some of the hypotheticals on Cap Friendly, it was a lot of Uri Slavkovsky plus trash. And the first thing I have to say to that is Uri Slavkovsky is not going to be a part of this deal or should not be a part of this deal if we're actually set to believe Kent Hughes and everybody about how they want to build this team. And you're not going to just build up a bunch of nickel and dimes to get Trevor Seagers. You're not going to get Armia and Pazetta and a second and Jake Allen and magically end up with Trevor Zegras. If that were the case, Ken Hughes would have done that already. And my thought is, and this is broad, broad speculation on my part, any package is likely going to start with Calgary's first-round pick next year, someone like Owen Becker, Joshua Waugh, potentially Philip Mashar as well, and then some on top of that. You'll probably have to add in a guy to maybe make the salaries work a little bit there, but you're going to pay for this. There's going to be a lot of picks involved in this. If this is unless he is like completely burned the bridges in Anaheim here, I can't see a way that you're escaping paying for Trevor Zegras without potentially losing someone like a Hudson, a Beck, a Joshua Wah, Philip Mashar, maybe Sean Farrell. There was interest in that. Any of those prospects and potentially more than one of them are going to be in the ask here because you were getting then a 22-year-old forward who lights the NHL highlight reel on fire here. If I were Kent Hughes, I it's that awful proposition again is you have all these this treasure trove of assets and prospects. If you don't use them for anything, what are you doing with them? Yes, it's great that you can draft and develop, but sooner or later, you have to get off the pot and make a move. You can't straddle the fence forever. And Hughes has made it clear. He's willing to trade picks and you know young NHL roster players to get a guy he is looking for. We saw it with Kirby Doc. We saw him do it with Alex Newhook. There, I'm not saying that it's not a, re, a potential reality because this just reeks of Kent Hughes' M.O. of you know, waiting for someone, whether they're unhappy or they're looking for a new beginning here. And then that switch just flips. And all of a sudden, 
you have this brand new shiny former first round pick playing on your team. The difference between New Hook and Doc and Zegris is Zegris isn't struggling in Anaheim. Doc wasn't able to stay healthy. Chicago was bad. And Alex Newhook had a lot of just kind of unfortunate luck during his time with the Avalanche. Still won a cup, which is great for him, mind you. This is a different beast. This is not a trade that will happen in season. I will be shocked if Trevor Zegers is traded this year in season. I'll be shocked if he's traded at all because I think the Ducks are building a team that's going to be really scary really fast, really soon, as soon as they get some more of those prospects graduated to the NHL. Uh, I'd love to hear your trade propositions, which I know is asking for all the chaos in the world into my mentions. You can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, myself at Scott Matla on Twitter, LockdownCanadians at gmail.com as well. I want to hear your Trevor Zegers trade proposals. Do you think Ken Hughes is going to do it? Do you think it's worth doing? You know, tweet us during the mailbag episode or maybe after tomorrow's game. I'll read out some of those responses, but we are not done on the trade front yet. The goalie carousel continues to go around and around and around. When is it going to stop and goalies start moving? Nobody knows, but we're going to try and figure that out coming up next. Passion, drive, and patience is what brings the winning trophy home and is also what keeps your ride-or-die vehicle alive. And eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers to roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your vehicle every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. And with all the parts you need at prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win ski your ride or die vehicle live at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply ebay guaranteed fit available only the u.s customers we are back and we are doing more wild trade speculation you can hear the dog shaking out in the background my apologies she's being stubborn tonight for some reason the goalie market's a weird one because there are teams desperately in need of a goalie. And we know there are teams desperately in need of a goalie. Ottawa, the Devils, the Oilers, the Leafs, uh, probably the Pittsburgh Penguins too. You know, there are teams that are desperately looking for goaltending at every corner. And it's hard to figure out when that first shoe is going to drop. You have the Leafs who are riding with Ilya Samsonov and Martin Jones right now. Joseph Wool's not quite back yet, but they are riding with that. And I say that in, I don't want to say the most derogatory way possible, but at least the slightly uh, meanest inclination with that. The Oilers are still going. Uh, Jack Campbell is not it, but they have Stuart Skinner, who is apparently their de facto starter now. You have good teams looking for goaltenders, and we know the Canadians have three of them by Kent Hughes' own admission in his press conference on Monday afternoon, and they're not in a rush to move anybody. And I tweeted this, and maybe I jumped the gun, maybe got a little bit uh, fatalist with this, is that uh, Elvis Merzlikens basically got demoted to third-string goaltender in Columbus, won his last game. And then was basically like double middle fingers. I don't want to be a third stringer. I'm not going somewhere to be a third stringer. I want to play. I have asked for a trade. The immediate response to that was, I thought, well, 
Merzlikens is probably better than Jake Allen. But as someone pointed out, Merzlikens has more time on his contract, is more expensive, and is going to command a lot more in the trade market. So maybe that market isn't quite gone for Jake Allen, or maybe it's Caden Primo. I can't be 100%. I don't know what Ken Hughes is thinking. If I did, I probably would not be hosting a podcast in my living room. I would probably be working uh, in the NHL somewhere, if we're being very honest. And if that's a horrifying thought for the rest of you, uh, get in line and join the club there. So it's I'm, I'm now kind of – I want to backtrack that a little bit. Like, admittedly, that was a little bit of panic on my part. But because the reason I want to backtrack that is, and it came out today, uh, I believe it was Darren Dreger who reported it, but it was the market for goaltenders is soft, especially with a contract with that length and at that price on there. There's not a lot of circling bites. Because look at a team like the Oilers who are trying to get rid of Jack Campbell. If you're the Columbus Blue Jackets, are you going to make a trade where you just swap unhappy goalies or in the case of the Oilers, one really bad goalie for a goalie who was unhappy where he was. I, uh, and then you also have in this whole market, Jake Allen is probably the premier name in terms of just contract length with the amount of uh, he's owed on that contract, where he's coming from and his uh, knownness around NHL GMs. Jake Allen's been a longtime vet of this league. Not that Elvis Merzlikens has not been, then you have Kevin Weeks tweeting things about Jacob Markstrom. Just, you know, he's doing the eye emoji thing, teasing. Is he on the move? Is he getting traded? Is he getting, you know, demoted? What is going on? And there's been nothing on that since. It, I don't know if a team is waiting for another injury to crop up here or if there's something else that everybody is waiting on. But I feel like this goalie carousel is we're blowing past where I thought some of these stops were going to be. When the Oilers were floundering at the bottom of the NHL after they lost to the Sharks, I thought for sure they're making a goalie trade. They have to make a goalie trade. You cannot be the Edmonton Oilers and do that. And then they kind of got it back on track, admittedly, because Connor McDavid started shooting the lights out again. You have Toronto, who has Ilya Samsonov, who cannot stop a beach ball at this point, and Martin Jones, who is Martin Jones. You're relying on Joseph Wool to be that guy for you, which is great, but he's hurt right now. And if he gets hurt again, you're going back to relying on goaltenders who cannot stop a beach ball. Is that what you want? It's There's opportunities abound for teams who need a goaltender. The Sabres can't get a save. They're sitting behind the Canadians in the standings, and none of them thought that's how this was going to go. Would Jake Allen fix everything? No. Would he potentially be better than what they have now? Probably, yeah. Uh Pittsburgh, it's Tristan Jari, and you're hoping and praying. They're a team that's underperforming. Uh, the Flyers are actually somehow fine. The Devils, like we talked about in our preview segment, their starting goalie's been bad, and it's costing them games. 882 as a starting goaltender was barely good enough back in the 80s, and it's terrible now. The opportunities are out there. It's just which team is going to blink first. Because if you're the one who makes the first move, you have set the market now. You are the one who is deciding how much other people are going to play pay for goaltenders. Let's say they go, they want to go for, you know, J let's say it's Jake Allen. And Ken Hughes is asking potentially, I would imagine, a first or you know, prospects and like a second or a third in there. 
Do you do that deal if you're if you're the Devils desperately trying to keep up in the Metro Division, or do you wait for someone else to maybe bite on Jacob uh, Jacob Markstrom, pay way more because he's a premier name as a starting goaltender, and then you can slide in and I don't want to say bargain bin as like a derogatory term here, but try and slide in and get you know the we have Jacob Markstrom at home goalie here and maybe get better value on that and keep some more of your picks. The op. It's all just waiting for that first domino to fall. And I think now that we've hit the new year with February 14 days away at this point or 15 days away, however, 14 days away at this point, do you wait to February to see where are we at? Because at that point, you're either gearing up for the playoffs or you're gearing up to sell off. I'm imagining the Canadians with Tanner Pearson joining them on the road trip, Sean Monaghan playing well, uh, Jake Allen being in there they're getting ready to begin their fire sale of sellable assets and just turning this into something completely different. I think, and I keep saying this, I keep getting it wrong, so I'm probably potentially going to be wrong here. I think the goalie market's going to sit real quiet. They're going to let the Merzlikin water settle a little bit. And then teams that are still losing that expected better, they're going to start to get desperate a little bit. Because there's a team like the Wild who thinks that they have a second-half push to make the playoffs. Ill-advised? Who knows? There's Because that might mean, does Marc-Andre Fleury get traded? There's a lot that can happen between now and the trade deadline. I, I can't wait to see what's going to be coming up in that because I know it's going to be crazy and chaotic. It always is. As always, thank you so much for tuning in today. This has been Locked On Canadians. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. We are Locked On Canadians on YouTube. You can find us wherever you find your daily podcast, Google, Apple, Spotify, and anything else. Um, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scott Matla, S-C-O-T-T-M-A-T-L-A. When you're done checking us out, check out Locked On, Locked on Sports today, 24-7 live stream on YouTube of all of our local experts across the board. Highly recommend you check them out. Tell them we sent you if you want to, or don't. I'm not your supervisor. I will see you all after the Devil's Game. We're going to talk Senators preview and more. As always, thank you for listening. We'll see you all next time. Mm-hmm.